0: And the angel said to those who were coming to the tomb, I know that you seek Jesus. I know that you seek Jesus. Well, they're not the only ones seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. That is precisely why you and I are here this morning. Now, I suppose if you look deep within the heart and soul of each one of us, you would find that as an absolute reality for each one of us. I am quite sure that some could say, and charge us that come to church that we come only to be seen and to see and for other types of shallow motives that would bring one apart from a busy life and a busy schedule to come apart and to be part of a worship service like we're having this morning but the truth of it is that deep within the citadel of our soul wherever that place might be there is that which communes with us in such a way that tells us that what this day stands for is true, it is real, and we want to be a part of it. If I only had one day that I could go to church, and only one through the year, guess what day it would be? Well, it would be, I suppose, the same for most of you, that we would pick Easter Sunday, as being the one day above all others if we could not be any other time that we would want to be in the house of God and with his people simply because he is alive. And because he is alive, we are alive. And so we dress ourselves and we say by our action and our word that the Lord Jesus Christ is risen today. The angel said to those who came, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The one that you're seeking is is risen. He is alive. He is alive. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us, with all of our soul, believed that and we would be able to leave from this service filled with vim, vigor, and vitality. And boy, would we ever live today and would we ever live the rest of our life. Beloved, when I think about vim, vigor, and vitality and living, I think of a little three-year-old character uh, that comes to Mother's Day Out program over here and I think that he is either going to be one or the other either President of the United States or he's going to be the head of the Mafia I haven't figured out which yet <laughs> but we're working on him the other day I was over here and was walking on my crutches and he was running up and down the hall and every time he had passed me well I would prod him with that crutch and jerk it back real quick and of course he would try to kick it every once in a while and I'd get that crutch out of his way so we did that two or three times and he tried to kick it and I would pull it back and he'd go on his way and I'd go on my way well I was standing talking to his mother and that little character slipped up and kicked that crutch just as hard as he could possibly kick it he got that little foot going and he really kicked that crutch and his mother not knowing what was going on backhanded him like that real hard and said what are you trying to do kick the crutch out from under this crippled preacher (laughs) (laughs) that stopped her fun I couldn't tell the mother was my fault (laughs) I'm making a confession this morning she's here and she hears it I'm sorry it was my fault (laughs) (laughs) but filled with vim vigor, and vitality you you know every day is a great day well every day is not a great day necessarily so for people who are mature But beloved, that the deep part of our soul and our life, it ought to be because we have information and knowledge of something that is so astounding and uh, and amazing that it has turned this world upside down and inside out and those of us who really believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and this day stands for it. And this is what we're here celebrating this morning. Beloved, it does make a difference. And I tell you, this world has no answer to it. You know, I I like the way that Matthew, as he understood the Lord Jesus Christ and listened to him, tried to explain something about the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the 12th chapter book of Matthew, you will find these words, and and Matthew struggling with the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he heard him say this, he said, uh, in effect, that one is here greater than the temple. You know, the scribes and the Pharisees were looking for a sign. And so the 12th chapter of the book of Matthew is trying to tell people who are seeking for a sign something about the Lord Jesus Christ and what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says uh, that one is here among you that is greater than the temple. Greater than the temple. And you know when I think about that I do want to say well great day in the morning. Is that possible? Because you see the temple was something so fantastic that when it was built and when it was dedicated you remember when solomon was standing at the temple and that beautiful prayer that he prayed to god and god made him a promise you remember the promise the prayer that the solomon prayed is wherever your people drift and wherever they go that if they will turn to you and the temple that you will hear and answer their prayer Now, beloved, it's interesting to note that God never took back that promise he promised to God's people. He promised it to to those people of long ago and he's promised it to you and to me too this morning. It is our promise. It is something to us. Greater than the temple, wherever the Jewish people went, they always hoped in term of one day that they would be able to worship within the great temple of God. Now, beloved, they think the wailing wall That means so much to the Jewish people today. They think that wall is where it has this custom of going to this wall called the Wailing Wall for their prayers. And that is part of the original temple of God that was built. This is why it is so important to them. And this man is saying that I say to you that there's one standing among you today that is greater than the temple of God. Can that be possible? And then he says, there's one that is among you that is greater than Jonah. The silver-tongued evangelist. Oh, what a man he was. Oh, what an evangelist. I think he is the only person that ever lived upon the face of the earth that only had two people that didn't like him. And that were the two that threw him overboard. Of course, he did make the whale sick, but outside of that, he must have been a great man. A great man. In fact, he was so great that when he went to Nineveh and spoke to the Ninevites, you remember that they recognized none other than this being a sign of God. They could look at old Jonah, whatever he looked like, and they could see God in this man. And they knew that it was God dealing with them. And they knew that this was a warning from God. And you know, the whole country repented. And Matthew tells us that I tell you that there's one stands among you that's greater than Jonah. And the message that he carried and the sign that God placed upon him pales into insignificance when you think about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says there's one that's greater than the Queen of Sheba. Has anyone ever traveled so far under such hard or more difficult circumstances than this queen to gain wisdom? to gain wisdom I think of her in this great train that she brought with her uh, carrying with it a ransom for a king and she made this journey in order that she might be able to gain something of the wisdom that this man that we know as Solomon had and she recognized Solomon as having the wisdom of a living God oh she didn't make it just for a person you know why she made that that trip that trip Because she knew that this man contained the wisdom of God. And she wanted to understand this kind of a wisdom that he had. Oh, what a desire. What a desire for greatness, for learning, for wisdom. And regardless of how much that she had, with all of her splendor and all of her beauty... Scripture tells us that there's one among you that is greater than the Queen of Sheba. And in the last place, the writer tells us that there's one among you that is greater than Solomon. A man who built a kingdom upon the David empire. The man under which the Jewish people reached their zenith. This was the golden age of the Jewish people. When they think about uh, returning to the golden age of uh, their era, they think in terms of the kingdom of David and of Solomon. He was a man that had uh, such wisdom and understanding, as we've already noted, that people came from great distance in order to be able to listen to him and to accumulate something of his understanding. People recognize that the mark of God was on Solomon and people responded to it, even the whole nation. And there is one among you that is greater than Solomon, beloved. It is great through the eyes of those who were there that day. I think about this young man John that is mentioned within the Scripture in relation to the empty tomb. John was a very young man, very young man. We read about John, he's always running. He ran from the scene one time with the Lord Jesus Christ when things got pretty rough and left his coat in the the hands of uh, one of the guards. And then we find him here running to the tomb when he heard that the Lord Jesus Christ was risen. We find him running to the tomb along with Peter. But John had not been in this world so long and so he was not cynical yet. And so when he got to the tomb, all he had to do was look at the empty tomb and immediately... The writer seems trying to tell us that immediately he realized that it was so, that Christ is risen, that the tomb is empty, and he's not dead. And then I think about Peter. Here's a man that had lived long enough to know that all was not well, and he was a product of the hard knocks of the world. And his greatest tragedy and greatest shame was found in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. And here just a few days before, he had denied the Lord Jesus Christ completely and totally. Oh, he's talked a good religion. Now, a long while before, a few weeks before, Jesus came to Jerusalem to the Passover. Remember, it was Peter was one of them said, well, we'll go up there with you, and if we have to suffer with you, we're going to do it. But when it came down to time for him to suffer, Peter was not there. Peter was the one who denied the Lord. At a time when the Lord Jesus Christ needed someone to stand with him, would it not be a more of an encouragement to you and to me this morning if we would have known that a representative of the human race had stood up for the Lord Jesus Christ when he needed someone to stand with him? Peter had the opportunity of all men. He had the opportunity, but he failed. He failed as though no one was standing for Christ and Peter realized what he had done and the scripture tells us that Peter wept we do not know how long he wept whether he wept for a few minutes or whether he wept for a day or a night and when he got to the tomb it's interesting to note the play here on words it says Peter ran on inside he didn't stop at the door he went headlong right into the tomb and looked around And seemingly after he went inside and looked around and saw how the grave arrangement uh, clothing were were cast about, that he believed, too, that the Lord Jesus Christ was alive. That he was alive. Now I'm convinced. I've looked the situation over. And then I think of Mary. Oh, she knew how cold and cruel the world could be because she had fallen victim to it. She is the one that wanted to die and couldn't die. She was the one that had bombed out in the world. Nothing left for her. The Lord Jesus Christ was the one that had been of greater help to her than anyone else. And she had been there that day he died and she knew that he was dead. She was there. She moved close to the cross. She knew that he was dead. She knew that he was dead when they put him into the tomb because she was there. And she knew that when Jesus died, like everything else that she had ever been accustomed to... Uh, that all of her hope was gone too and that uh, what was left for her but the street again and this type of living uh, that was so hard and so cruel. She was a realist, you know. She needed more than an empty tomb to tell her that the Lord Jesus Christ was alive. In fact, when she looked at the tomb, she knew full well there's only one thing to be thought of and that is somebody has taken the body and moved it. And so while everyone else was running off, while she was standing around there by the tomb crying, and someone spoke to her. And she thought him to be the gardener. Perhaps he had the smell of the good earth on him, or the flowers, or the shrubs. She thought the gardener was tending, but she mistook the Lord Jesus Christ to be the gardener, standing next to the tomb. Is it not a tragedy with us today? It has always been so. That if we're not careful, we can keep our eyes so intently upon the tomb and upon death that we cannot get on with the business of really living like we were intended to. We are so conscious, so preoccupied with death that we really cannot turn loose and have the freedom to be the person that God intended for us to be. Well, what a tragedy. It's a possibility. I cannot tell you over the years the number of people and I'm thinking of one that I've talked to you about before but he represents a great group of people that I've known to some degree at a time of death. I remember this man saying to me, is it not strange preacher that all my life I've been afraid to die and now that I'm in the hospital and the doctors tell me that I'm dying I'm not afraid anymore. Well would it not be a wonderful thing that if you and I could come to that conclusion today that we have a Savior that has done something so fantastic for us that these spirits and souls of ours will never meet death. We will never know what it is for these souls of ours to die. Oh, we'll come to a place one time somewhere out here in the future where the, the soul will not be able to live in this body anymore because it deteriorates. The soul is greater than that. And thank God one day it will be set free to be the true person it was intended uh, to be. Watch it as we stand in sight of the tomb. And then I think about what kind of a day that it really could be for us. For John, he was innocent. For Peter, a failure. For Mary, the broken person. Things had gone from bad to worse. But then, that was yesterday. Today, the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. What kind of a day is it for you and for me? What kind of a day is it? Three things I want to just call your attention to very briefly now. Beloved... For you and for me, it is a day of hope. For every man, for every woman, for every young person, for every older person. Makes a little difference what yesterday was. Whether it was like Peter where you had turned your back on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity and you fail. Or whether it be like Mary, a total failure. Or whether it be the innocence of a young man like John. What difference does it make? Yesterday is another story today is a day of hope you and I have it it is ours it was given to us we sense it within our soul there's enough of the Holy Spirit within each one of us this morning that tells us that this is so or you would not be here this morning it is not only a day of hope it's a day of faith beloved we do believe in the empty tomb we do believe in the angels message and tells us not to be afraid because on this day what it stands for says that there's an absolute power there's an absolute power upon the face of this earth and that absolute power is God absolute neither time nor death nor life nor anything else has precedent over what God has to say and what he calls for and you are found within that this is our belief this is our belief and beloved it is a day of victory over death over sin over defeat and anything else in life that can slow you down or cause you to less enjoy this life whatever it might be we have the ultimate with God it is he and he alone that has say over your soul and my soul. How do we respond to him? This is a day of rejoicing. Beloved, I tell you it's a day of victory, too. I read the story just briefly, and could not find it to read again, but I remember reading just here a few weeks ago in the newspaper about George Burns. I think he's some 80 or 90 years of age. I've forgotten said in the paper but I forgot but anyway the thing that impressed me about the situation was that he was going to celebrate his 100th birthday someone asked him why he was celebrating when he was not 100 years old yet he said well he would be too busy on his 100th birthday oh I like that I like that beloved today go from this service knowing that this is a day to celebrate a victory that was had for you and for me and you are carried into it today and this day stands as a day in which you should rejoice and be exceedingly glad because there has been wrought for you a victory that gives to you and to me eternal life O our father help us to believe it and help us to act upon it for we ask it in the name of Christ